1: Co-worker of yours
2: You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, good
3: morning, trick or treat. Happy Halloween. Welcome into the show. Bill Ryder with you. Thank you for being here. Man, the Sixers made a big trade. It's a trick, not a treat for both those teams. We'll get to that in a second. Lots of Halloween puns coming up on the show. Pretty Daddy is here. He'll talk to us, the executive producer, about his Halloween costume this year. Last year, he went in a full Snoopy outfit. And it made him an even better dad than he already is. And he's already a great dad, but it also subtracted from the sum of all human. What's the word I'm looking for? Self-respect, which I, I, I respect. Kids before everything else. Uh, we got a lot to get to. Good win, solid win. It is the W. What is it? Just win, baby, for Detroit last night on Monday Night Football against a hapless Raiders offense. That Raiders defense looked pretty good. We'll get into that. Later in the program, Dabo went off on Tyler. Guy called into the show. I think Tyler's feeling good today, but who knows? Scorched earth. Oh, we've got NFL power rankings. Those get more interesting and more difficult as the weeks progress in the National Football League. The Don, Father Dennis Dodd's going to be on the show. We've got a great buyer. Sell so, a bunch of stuff to talk about. If you got a take on Harden, if you got a perspective on the Sixers and the Clippers doing their little dance, and getting a deal done in the middle of the night eight fi- thanks for doing that by the way, Daryl Morey and Lawrence Frank love you guys eight five five two one two four CBS really enjoyed waking up to that eight five five two one two four CBS We'll get your calls on the uh, airwaves in a second Twitter sports rider sports r e i t e r both teams lost the trade. both teams lost the trade. now you can make a mistake and get lucky sometimes. You can make an error in judgment and have it work out. And there are reasons, if you want to close your eyes, squint your eyes, look into the sun, hope for the best, clutch at a four-leaf clover, that maybe things can work out for one of these teams. But in the knee-jerk reaction and the trade that sends Harden to the Clippers, the trade he forced, I hate it for both teams. Here are the pieces and the parts. Harden goes to the Clippers along with a couple guys. I guess one of those guys is P.J. Tucker. Okay. And coming back is... A lot of depth and some picks. Marcus Morris comes to Philadelphia, as does Robert Covington. Not the player that you might remember back in the day. The 3 and D guy is a little bit older. He's now just sort of a three guy. Nick Batum's an okay player, also toward the back end of his career. K.J. Martin's kind of interesting. And then you've got a series of picks. The reporting is is muddled, but it it comes down to two first-round picks go to Philadelphia two second-round picks, which, remember, have usually very little value, go to Philadelphia, and a pick swap. And and one of those picks, at least, or pick swaps, is going to come from the Oklahoma City Thunder, which may not seem like a problem, but that will not be very valuable when that conveys. Maybe the Clippers' actual picks can be. There's a chance they're not going to be very good. Here's why the Sixers lose. They're not as good as they were, even on paper, even with the dysfunction that James Harden brought to the table. And you don't just have to take my word for it. The surest way to size these things up is in Vegas. And in Vegas, that Sixers team that has to make a conference finals for, I think, Daryl Morey's job to be safe, which you don't care about, but I promise you that GM does, and for Joel Embiid to almost certainly not try to force his way to the New York Knicks just to make a conference finals, you gotta you gotta get there. And the odds of the Sixers to win the whole thing, which is just a way to assess their level, drop from thirty to one, or excuse me, twenty to one before the trade when Harden hadn't played, was out of shape clearly, NBA was looking into why he hadn't played upon his return to thirty to one. That is a sizable, sizable drop. Yes, they've added some depth. Yes, they've gotten some picks in return. Yes. As Sam A. our friend, Robe, without any specifics because there aren't any yet, in theory, Daryl Morey is going to try to go get a star. But if I were single, and I'm not, but if I were, I would try to go get a supermodel. It doesn't mean you have a goal in your mind. You're going to execute it. I don't have the draft capital for that, and neither does Daryl Morey. That's the issue. Now, there's a lot of things at play here with Philly that is worth noting. And that probably... I'm not sure it made Daryl Morey comfortable to pull the trigger now. I think it might have made him comfortable to pull the trigger and try to sell this idea to everybody else. And I was told this by an executive over the last few weeks that a trade when it happened wasn't going to be about what the Sixers got in return because they weren't going to get enough, I was told. It was going to be about what Daryl Morey could sell you and me and the general public and therefore his owner and maybe maybe Joel Embiid, the narrative he could sell. And here's the narrative he can sell. You don't win championships with narratives, trust me. And they're not nearly as close as they need to be. They haven't cut any ground between themselves and Milwaukee and Boston. But the Sixers have a ton of cap space. And if Daryl Morey is still in charge of that basketball team in the summertime, he's going to have enough money to, in theory, go out and sign a superstar. Easier said than done. There is the advantage of not having James Harden, which, by the way, is the big downgrade for the Clippers. The guy was really good last year in the regular season. He had a bunch of assists. This is his fourth team since January of 2021. He has never had any real success at the places he has forced his way to. He turns into a pumpkin, which is not a good thing, even though it's Halloween. It might sound like a good thing on Halloween. It's still not when the postseason rolls around. He's not reliable, and he's a malcontent. So you get rid of him. That probably has some advantages. As I mentioned, Daryl Morey is going to sell the idea, and maybe he'll execute it, that he can take these two first-round picks and the two second-round picks and the pick swamp and his own picks and go get a superstar. Well, A, there are no superstars on the market, and B, I don't think that return's going to be enough. It's just not. There is depth that comes into the mix, and that is something they were lacking. And then it's worth pointing out that Tyrese Maxey has played really, really good basketball this very, very short sample size at the start of the season. And certainly in Philly and other places, there starts to be a belief, okay, maybe you've got a couple stars in Embiid, And Maxie, maybe it works. But I think that's a whole lot of hope. A whole lot of positivity where you clench your teeth and you just pretend that it's going to work. The fact is that Daryl Morey gave up a ton to recalibrate this team. James Harden was the big piece. Harden called him a liar. Harden had a family emergency right before the season began. Harden showed up in a state of being, either physically or otherwise, where they did not want him, Harden, to travel with the team on their two-game road trip, and Harden got what he wanted. And when you buckle like that, when you get dominated like that by a player, when you have to acquiesce, you don't get the return that you should get. It's a bad trade for Philadelphia. And you can tell me, sure, it was the best given the circumstances, and Ryder, you've got to take things as they are, but if you have put yourself in such a terrible, terrible position with James Harden, that there was no way out... Then you already lost the moment you brought him in. Like, don't when you marry the wrong woman. and I didn't, neither did Tom. But when you marry the wrong woman, don't Tom. What are you doing? Don't don't. No, you didn't. You did great. Uh, when you marry the wrong woman, don't tell me you did as good as you could in the divorce, even though she took your house, destroyed your life, ruined your self confidence, cost you your job, and generally destroyed your belief in humanity, true love, and ever having any kind of a sense of joy again. Okay, cool. You did okay in the negotiations. It was the marriage initially, then that was the problem. And the marriage between Harden and the Sixers, as we told you, when it w- happened, was never going to work. Which is why it's never going to work with the Clippers. Because it doesn't. Because people don't change. I always marvel at folks, if I, can, if I can just hammer this marriage analogy, who get married for a second and a third and a fourth time. And when the third marriage and the fourth marriage ends in divorce, you hear some people say, Oh, I really thought Tommy was going to make it work. Just making up a name there. I really thought Tommy. Billy was going to make it work. I really thought Johnny was, he was never going to make it work. He was, this is who he is. James Harden has gone through ugly, divor, ugly divorces with the Rockets and with the Nets. And now with this Sixers team. You don't think Harden's not going to have some kind of ugly divorce with the Clippers at some point? You think the Russell West, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard on crutches, Paul George, playoff P, everything's great until it's the playoffs, combo's going to work? I don't. They're not going to be healthy. It's not going to work. They're not going to fit with each other. Oh, and by the way, the Clippers have every one of those players, other than Westbrook, who will be free agents, can choose to be free agents, cannot be under contract next summer. Harden's deal's just up. He's on a one-year deal. Part of the reason I'm sure Maury couldn't get the return he actually required. And you've got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard who have the right to opt out of their deals. And before you say, oh, they're not going to opt out of their deals, A, everybody opts out of their deals to get more money, and B... Every time people play with James Harden, they want to go somewhere else, or he wants to go somewhere else. NBA's got a major problem, and I covered the NBA. I'm not an NBA hater. I love the game. But you got superstars who are clearly sitting. We had Jimmy Butler look at some possible rest the other day, like 30 seconds into the season. Oh, Jimmy Butler uh, will be sitting due to rest on game two or three. You've got stars sitting and stars forcing their way out. It's bad for the game. It's a bad trade. It's not going to work. Now, good news. Good morning, Tom. Here's the good news, Tom. Are you ready? I'm always ready for good news. Good morning to kind you. Of it. Good morning. Kind of excited. I got this house next to me. I told you, right? Like, it's a crazy rich person's house. It costs an insane amount of money to rent, right? Right next to me. And Rajon Rondo, remember this? Was that a year or two ago? Were you reproducing the show, or was that, was that the other guy?
4: Oh, yeah. I'm going on two and a half years now. Was that Rondo? Were you here for the Rondo thing? I think Rondo may have happened right before I got here. When Rondo got traded to,
3: I guess, the Lakers, the Clippers, whatever, he, he looked at the house next door. I thought it was going to be my neighbor, and we listened in, and him and his wife did not like, or his girlfriend, whatever, did not like. I think wife. I don't know. The house just opened. The rich people moved down. It, a four-lease sign just went up three days ago. Maybe Harden can move in next door,
4: and my whole tone will change because we'll be best friends. I was going to say, like, uh, I don't think Harden would like that very much, given your takes on Harden the past couple seasons.
3: Yeah, I like, uh, I'm friends with the guy that owns the house, and I would feel bad. He, Harden might pull a, you know, a Daryl Morey type, so just be like, I'm out. I want out of this lease. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not paying. I'm going to trash the house. No, He's a resp- he's a good guy. He's, 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 a, he's a nice guy. Be a fun neighbor. You know? Hang out with him.
4: You yeah, buddies? Yeah, but uh, you know, fun neighbor. You didn't like the party your neighbor threw, you know, just what? A week ago, last weekend.
3: Yeah, that that was that wasn't a party. That was a, a drunk Oh wait, which one are we talking? Oh, we're talking about the kiddos down. Yeah, the 16-year-old. I also had some people who were VRBOing at the on the other side in their 60s. I don't think I told this on the air, who got super drunk and wouldn't leave my front yard because they thought it was their front yard.
4: I mean, there's parties everywhere. I need to move <laughs> there. Is...
3: Yeah. Yeah. It was a party at uh four thirty in the morning. I love waking I love waking up to like eleven text messages. It's all great. Not bitter at all. I'm super happy. Uh eight five five two one two four C B S. Look, it's not gonna work. In the final conclusion, the Clippers are not going to be good enough to compete for an NBA championship with or without Harden for the same reasons they're never good enough. Those guys aren't healthy enough and they can't make it through a two month postseason they can't make it through often a week of postseason play without getting injured again and James Harden's not going to change that and there will be flashes and flurries of excellence there will be Harden will have some razzle dazzle he's a magician in Vegas it looks good on the stage but don't get him in the real world or it's not going to work easier to pull a rabbit from that hat when it's not real and sometimes the fact is in the NBA regular season not real it's the truth it's a fact not like the playoffs and the Sixers, look, Embiid's there, you got Maxie, you got a bunch of random guys, Marcus Morris, Covington, Batum, KJ Martin's kind of interesting, but none of these, none of these dudes are, are game changers. Now, maybe Daryl Morey can pull a rabbit out of his own hat. Maybe the the two first round picks and the two second round picks and the pick swamp are enough, along with what the Sixers already possess, to go out there at the trade deadline or before as teams see injuries, as teams who think their buyers become sellers. Remember, there are 10, if you include New Orleans, and I think you need to, there are 10 teams in the Western Conference, maybe 11, that think, that require, that are under the expectation to be playoff teams. Only could be eight of those, actual playoff teams. Some of them are going to be sellers. Maybe Daryl will surprise us. Daryl will surprise us. I don't think so. It is what happened in the NBA last night. The Las Vegas Raiders of Trades. Everybody loses if you're associated with it. It ain't going to work. But if you got a different take or the same take, we'll take your calls. 855-212-4CBS is the phone number. Uh, Want to talk some Monday Night Football. Good win for Detroit. Beat a bad team, whatever. Who cares? There were some signs, again, of why this Lions team has the potential. And people have already told us they're already there to be elite. We're going to talk about that. And we're going to let you listen to Dabo down in Clemson Get all mad and go off on a fan who, right or wrong, I think speaks for a lot of fans who don't like where that program is. You don't want to miss it next year on CBS Sports Radio.
1: When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more. Game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply.
2: Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. You're listening to Writer Than You.
3: Tom has never done a single thing I've asked him to do on this show. And I mean never. Hey, can you grab that sound? No. Okay, do you think we, I want to talk about this? No, it's just Tommy can be tough. On CBS Sports Radio. Welcome. If I was going to go as a horror figure for Halloween, I might go as Pretty Daddy over here. What's going on? Good morning. Welcome to the show. 855-212-4CBS is the phone number. Let's do some phone calls. And added bonus, if you call in, Tom will talk to you. Pretty Daddy will answer that phone. It's the Pretty Daddy hotline, 855 CBS. Let's go to Atlanta. Jason is listening on the free Odyssey app. Jason, what up? Good morning. You are on
6: CBS Sports Radio, my friend. Bill, how you doing? Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. So listen, I was listening to your Mark Mangino impersonation yesterday, mm-hmm. and yeah. all I heard when you were, ta- were speaking like him was Dr. Evil talking about how he spent his summers in Rangoon taking <laughs> huge lessons and requesting nothing but... Freaking sharks with laser beams attached to their heads. So It's I, a wonderful it's Halloween, a wonderful point. I would point that out to you.
3: You know what? If I ever talk to Mark again, which based on the fact I told that story is probably a no. I will tell him he sounds like like Dr. Evil, my friend.
6: Excellent. And what other thing? I, I caught the Freudian slip when you were talking about your uh, marriage analogy and the first name that came out of your mouth was Tommy. That 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 couldn't have been a coincidence. That was mean, wasn't it? It really. That was, was a, how do, you like that, uh, how do you like that Sixers trade there, Jason? Well, you know, one thing that I did want to point out, and that I've read, you know, I'm a native Philadelphian, so I'm silly everything, is that um, hopefully that that trade, what it's done is uh, my, my understanding that Sixers are going to have a significant amount of cap space next offseason, so maybe they can encourage Embiid to be just a little bit more patient, and they will just keep trying to put a roster around him that will finally get the job done.
3: It's a great point, dude. I think look, I think that's a worthy point because it's more of a risk and less of a certainty. But it, it, I'm glad you brought that up. You're right. You're right. And I'll use Milwaukee as a comparison. The Damian Lillard trade was a obvious home run because it immediately got Giannis to stick around. This is obviously not that. But if, and it's an if, Jason makes a good point, if they can convince Joel Embiid in Philadelphia to be more patient, to see all of that, I think it's sixty five million dollars in cap space next summer as a viable route to building a contender, then then it becomes a success. And we won't know until that happens. You're right. It's a, it's a really interesting point. 855-212-4 CBS is, is the phone number. In the end, everything that the Sixers require is everything that every team with a singular star requires, whether you're Denver with Jokic or you are the Bucks with Anta or you are Dallas with Luka Doncic. It is to create a team, build a roster, say the right things, give the flowers that whatever it is that gets those guys to stick around, to stay, to want to be a part of that part of that basketball team. And, and if I'm skeptical, but if Embiid sees the combination of Tyrese Maxey and maybe I don't know, maybe no, no James Harden, it's worth noting Philly has I think played really well at the start of the year. It, it, it's early. All of those things, if they convince Embiid to stick around, are going to be significant factors that could sway this to a win. But it's a big risk because Daryl Morey is risking Joel Embiid's future, and that means the future of the Sixers organization. And, not important to you, but it is to decision-makers, his own future. 855 212 cbs Go to Pennsylvania. Nate's on the line. Nate, good morning. Thanks for listening. Appreciate you. Happy Halloween. You are on CBS Sports
7: Radio. Uh, Happy spooky season there, Bill. Hey, you, buddy. I, was listen- I was listening to Zach Gelb last night, and he was saying about how the Kansas City Chiefs, he feels like they're turning into more of the Warriors, where they're willing just to go through the motions through the season. And, you know, they'll get in the playoffs, and whether they're the one or the three seed, it doesn't really matter. And I'm thinking to myself, well, for the Warriors, it really doesn't matter. But for the Chiefs, it, it-, it matters a lot. You want the number one seed. It-, it-, it comes with a lot of reward. And then it got me to thinking, the NBA regular season is, is- – is- not attractive. There's there's not a lot of intrigue to it. The all season is more is more appealing than the regular season. So so we, they got to do something. The load management is one of the big issues with that. Here's an idea, make it more, you make it more appealing to get the higher seeds, and you can do that. And I'll set the stage for you. Imagine this year in the Western Conference Finals, the Warriors are the one seed, and the, you know the, the the Suns are a two seed. Except if, instead of having a four three home home away split. It's five two, the higher seed in all these playoff series instead of in the seven games instead of being four at home and three away. I love it, like
6: crazy. Home.
3: Yeah, crazy home. I'm down. Thanks for the call. Crazy home court advantage. Because you're right, it is not a regular season where teams and players give their all. We've already seen ridiculous load management, signs of load management three games into the season. Tom, I just want to clarify. I was in no way saying you might have married poorly. I was saying your wife might have married poorly, which she didn't,
4: because you're great. But that was the bit. Got it. Got it. I got that. Okay. And I think it was accurate if you're talking about my wife married poorly. I agree with you.
3: But whatever we all have hesitations she's had, having seen you in the Snoopy outfit last year and the ridiculousness with which you you carried yourself just to make your son happy, which is a, a really cool dad move. And believe me, bro, there's a, a video my wife plays all the time. I've got a pink hat of some kind on, I think for Halloween, and I'm, I'm reading Dora the Explorer to my daughter. And I look so put out, but my daughter's happy. So I get it. You're not rocking Snoopy this year, though.
4: Oh, no, no. I've retired Snoopy. I actually tried to sell Snoopy to one of my buddies who was looking for a Halloween costume. Uh he didn't take debate though. He had self he had self respect. Yeah, I didn't have any legs. It was year. a full human body outfit basically. It was obnoxious. It was too much. And it, cost, it was adorable. Like, it cost an obscene amount of money as well. What's that? What what's obscene? 150? I mean for a Halloween costume that I wore for I guess
3: two days. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was close to hundred bucks. You know what would be an amazing bit for the radio show? If you actually wore it to work and didn't tell anybody why?
4: Like today? Like on Halloween?
3: No. Like on a on a, on a Tuesday in December. You got no, a train in it?
4: No, no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
3: no, no. And people are like, what are you doing? Be like, oh, you know. That's all you'd say because you don't talk to people so they wouldn't push you. Like, what are you doing, man? Oh, you know.
4: Yeah, just, you know, no eye contact, look at the sky, look at the <laughs> right. ground. Basically what happens when people say good morning, Tom. Yeah, yeah. I, I try to avoid people at all costs.
3: Uh, very quickly, uh, Detroit Lions win 26-14 last night. I I... I the game was technically close at a certain point, but three of the first five drives for Detroit, for Jared Goff and company, ended in field goals, and it was pretty easy marching down the field till they stalled. Very easily could have been 17 or 21 to nothing early on, and even though the Raiders technically were at least at a certain point close in the game... They never looked even remotely like they were playing the same sport. Jimmy G was awful. In fact, Jimmy G overthrew a wide-open Devontae Adams twice. One on a touchdown, re- would-be touchdown reception pass that would have been, I don't know, 60 yards, 80 yards, and one that would have been 96 yards. And, I mean, I'm not talking it's Devonte cl- Devontae Adams is wide the hell open down the field, and Jimmy G overthrows him twice. And so if you're talking about the Raiders and their struggles, and how poor Jimmy G looked. And and their defense did play pretty well. To give them credit, even though at times Detroit moved the ball really easily in the first half, they kind of buckled down. They buckled down in the first half in the red zone, but the offense is atrocious. Jimmy G looks awful. Josh McDaniels looks like he has swallowed a pin every time they cut to him over on the sidelines. And Devontae Adams, remember, trade deadline, NFL today, 4 o'clock Eastern, might be hoping he gets the call because this was his explanation about, you know, what is wrong with that Las Vegas football team.
7: Honestly, I I don't know what to say at this moment. I I truly don't. I wish I had the the words to, you know, to say something that's not going to get blown up in the media and and taken out of context. So I'm going to just, I truly, I just don't know.
3: I mean, if you say what you're thinking, which is we suck and I hate it here, you don't need, that is the context. I mean, that is the context. I like the old take it out of context, you know? I hate you. You do? You're taking it out of context. Don't know if I am. Feels like maybe you just hate me. I think I nailed that one. <laughs> think I think I got it. I think I got it all. Don't need King Context Pretty Daddy over here to, to walk me through what you're saying. Uh, good win Good win for, for Detroit because every win matters. I know games at home, not the same class of, of, of football teams. But they are a fun team to watch. Jared Goff has a poise. And the reality is that is a team that is six and 6-2 with absolutely no challengers now in the NFC North. With Kirk Cousins out for the season, there is not a single team in the NFC North that I would put money on to finish above five hundred. let alone challenge Detroit. And so they're going to have a very clear path at a minimum to that division. Now, The next step for them, and they've got to chase down the Eagles, To say nothing to the Cowboys and the Seahawks. Seahawks are in that mix. But Detroit taking a shot at that bye, being the top team in the NFC, getting to play in the NFC North and play those teams twice a year, and obviously many of those games are still on the schedule, bodes really, really well. What doesn't bode well for you is if you're an $11 million per year coach at a program like Clemson, no matter what you've built, and you are a 500 team. Now, I'm a believer in criticism. I think it matters. I think it's important. I think it's significant. I'm really lucky that I found my way into this profession because I put my money where my mouth is. I told this to somebody the other day. The things that I said, I think I told this to you, Cell, right? The things that I, when I was younger, I used to say to my bosses, I used to go into meetings when I was, whatever, in my 20s, close the door and tell them why they weren't good at their job and why the place wasn't well run. And while I wasn't wrong, probably not a good idea. Sports is a place where you can direct your frustrations, right? You're not going to walk into your boss at the insurance Shop, sit down and be like, look, John, you're an idiot, and we're not making the commissions we need because you're stupid. In the real world, you got to tailor what you say. Part of the joy of sports is you get to be critical. You get to be mad at your team. If you are unfortunate enough to be a Bears fan, you get to say, "I hate the Bears." If you're a Clemson fan and you see Dabo not using the transfer portal properly and making all kinds of money, and hiring people that are your friends, and not adjusting and adapting to the game, and falling behind in a competitive college football landscape, and you have, as Dabo Sweeney, built up an expectation of excellence through your own success, and now you're not able to cash in on it, you're going to get phone calls on your coach's show, or in message boards, or in columns, or radio hosts like me, saying things you don't want to hear. When, dude? You think Dabo Sweeney didn't think criticism was part of the deal when he was dominating? When he had Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson? So Tyler calls into the show, and I'm not going to play the whole thing because it's long, but it's – look, some people think it's obnoxious. I think it's gutsy. I think it's honest. I think it's what most fans are saying about their teams. Go and listen to local radio when the Jets play football or when the Raiders last night play football or when the Texans were struggling. You think everyone's like, this is great. I know that we're going to go 2-15, and 15, but I really like how swell the coach is. That's not how it works. And Dabo Sweeney could understand that, could recognize that's the way that it goes could see that, by the way, coaches shows they're not free. They're built into your contract. They're part of why you get paid, in this case, $11 million per year. Dabo Sweeney could just listen and say, well, I don't agree, Tyler. We'll try to be better. Or, hey, man, you know, I want to I win for you guys. But I, I would suggest, as I'd say to my students, I would say to you, it's a life lesson. There's a way to say things. You didn't say it the right way. Dabbo could have done that. Instead, and this is going to be in three parts. This is long. It's worth it out there. But here's a little sampling of a coach who can't take criticism, which is a problem when you don't know how to win football games anymore.
8: Is this a bad year? Is this a – yeah, and it's my responsibility. Take 100% responsibility for it. But all this bull crap you're thinking, all these narratives you read, listen, man, you can have your opinion all you want, and you can apply for the job, and good luck to you. All right? But to answer your question, all right, we're second in draft picks. We've graduated 98% of our guys. We're second in wins. All right? We, we If you you'd want to know why, again, I'm telling you, we're not perfect. There's a lot of teams that you know. Frank Howard never had a bad year. Coach Ford never had a bad year. Nobody's. Coach K has never had a bad year in basketball. People have a bad year, but the part of the problem is the appreciation. I used to tell people all the time. I'd say, "What's the difference in Clemson?" Let me tell you. At Cle- at some places, there's an expectation, but at Clemson, there's an appreciation. And what's happened at Clemson is is. We've won so much that even when we – it used to be the funds and the winning. Now, even when you win, people like you complain.
3: Well, A, you're not winning. And there's more. I'm just going to commentary real quick. And B, if you have to play the, you get the job. Can you imagine if you called in here to this show and I was wrong about something? And my answer was, whatever, you go get a radio show then. Uh, no, that's not how that works. You get to criticize me. You get to think the things I say are dumb or wrong or off-base. I'm not going to play that. then you go apply for a radio job. There's one open somewhere, I'm sure. It is the height of tone deafness. And I think Dabo's inability to grasp the way the world works, we draft more draft picks. Cool, why don't you turn that draft talent into sick wins? That's the job. You don't get paid $11 million a year so that people can sit around and draft and be like, we did it, second round, yeah, that's not how it works. Yeah. No, man, you got to win games. But Dabo Dabo wasn't
8: done. And I'm where I am because I've worked my ass off every single day. And I ain't going to let some smart-ass kid get on this phone and create this stuff. So if you got a problem with that, I don't care. All right? It, I work for, for the Board of Trustees, the President, and the AD. And if they're tired of me leading this program, all they got to do is let me know. I'll go somewhere else where there is an appreciation. All right, It's not just winning. It's how you win. And we are in a – this is a tough year. But we've had 12, 12, 10-plus win seasons in a row. 12. We lost to Tennessee last year. They won 11 games for the first time in like 20 years. We've had eight, 11 win seasons in, in whatever, 11 years or whatever. We've won two national championships. Clemson went 35 years, all right, probably since before you were born, your whole freaking life, and we've won two in seven years. And we earned it, and we beat the best of the best to do it.
3: Yeah, swearing at at the smart-ass kid is a really good idea. And the old I worked my ass off thing, I, I understand that. But Dabo is acting as if he is unique in American society that you work hard to get where you're going. I've worked my tail off. I mean, I don't even know if you care. But to make a point in this story, I worked summers in college. I slept in a garage to get in-state tuition. I worked 90-hour weeks, literally, as recently as a couple years ago. Never slept. Used to fall asleep during commercial breaks on TV shows. I'm not complaining. I have a great life. I'm, I'm blessed. I'm lucky. But all the hard work I did doesn't mean that I suddenly get to walk into Spike Eskin's office and be like, double my salary, loser. I don't, go to, I don't get to walk over to CBS Sports HQ and be like, hey, morons, give me a TV show that's three hours long. i work my ass off, you dumbo face. <laughs> that's what my kids say. Dumbo face. Oh, cool. Congratulations. You worked your ass off. What do you want? You want a, do you want a lollipop? Do you want an extra bag of Halloween candy? Go win games. It's in the service of being valuable to the people to pay you. They pay you for wins. All right, he
8: wasn't done. If you don't like how I run the program, don't be a fan. I don't care. But I'm the head coach, and I'm going to do what I believe is right for the long term of this program, what's best for the players, and what I think's best for the moment. If you got a problem with that, that's fine. But you not not—I'm not going to sit, you sit here and let you call. I don't give a crap how much money I make. You ain't going to talk to me like I'm like I'm 12 years old. And be freaking kidding me.
3: Here's the thing, and I think this is the obvious part. Dabo Sweeney obviously thinks he is earned the right to lose without criticism. That he's earned the right not to evolve because he doesn't like the way the rules went. Not acceptable. Not okay. Not a winner's mentality. Not the way it's supposed to go. Talk to him like it's 12. You can listen to the clip. The the guy didn't talk to him like he was 12. He actually talked to him like a man to man. That takes some guts to call and do that. Nobody cares if Dabo Sweeney yells at a caller. But I've always told you this. When... When coaches are taking shots at media and where everyone goes, yeah, they're actually taking shots at you. Because we get paid for it. I can take it. I have a really, I make a, you know, I make the money I make to support my kids and send them to college, hopefully. And if anybody lets my, you know, my kids go to college. I can't believe I got to go to college. But you know what I mean. How I feed my family. How I buy a screen mask that I have to wear that I can't breathe in tonight for four hours doing trick-or-treating with my kids. I can take the criticism. We're, you know now it's coming to you guys at least through Dabo, and to me it shows a, a misunderstanding that you have to earn it every moment. You think Dabo Sweeney goes into his star quarterback or linebacker, offensive lineman, and says, "Hey, you had a great game last game. Don't worry about the next three next three games. Don't worry about today's game. I know you didn't play well, but it's okay. You had, you did really well. You did really no man. This guy's a hypocrite. His message is, I don't care what happens. It's now. It's now, and that's to young players who either don't make money or make very little money." Money he doesn't want them to make. Transfer portal, get in on that. NIL, understand how to utilize it. Compete, Dabo, by the rules of the arena that you're in. Because Tyler may not make your salary, have your income, have your microphone, have the sycophants around him. He was right, you were wrong, end of story. 855-212-4CBS is the phone number. I have an accurate, wonderful, important, and I'm sure controversial Because I ain't dabble. I do things the right way here. NFL power rankings. And you do not want to miss who's number one here on the show after we get a CBS Sports Radio update.
0: Just do a quick search for Tecovas on social media, and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit Tecovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and point your toes west.
7: Welcome back to Writer Than You.
3: All right, Loquacious One, favorite producer of mine. You're good looking, you're funny, you're ripped. Too late. too late. Your shirt looks good. Too late. You have the voice of a radio angel.
4: What do you want? Charmer? No, it's all too late. Mr. Charisma? Doesn't matter at this point. They're all just hollow words from you. On
2: CBS Sports Radio. I want to go
3: for Halloween as Pretty Daddy. But I don't know if people would get it. Can I? My daughter, my kids. My daughter's 14. My son is 11. They come home, Tom, and they they give me expressions. I don't even know what these things mean. Worldviews I don't understand. By the way, 855-212-4CBS is the phone number. And I'm getting used to this, and I'm getting used to my kids being much older than in my mind's eye when I close my eyes, and they're still four all the time, right? My daughter blew my mind yesterday. We were putting together, you know what a boot, we didn't have boo bags, and I was like, you know what a boo bag is? You ever heard of a dumb boo uh, boob bags are dumb?
4: I've heard of it. I don't know
3: that I know what it is though. So Henry put together, like, nine boo bags yesterday. He got out little bags, and he put a bunch of candy in it, and he wrote notes on there, and then he drops it off at his buddy's houses, and he ding-dong ditches, and he runs away, and then there's a bag. But then Henry actually (laughs) ding-dong ditched, and the dad came and was, like, glaring out the window, didn't see the boo bag. Henry's hiding in the bushes, so then he did, like, two more times, and Lori got mad at him.
4: (laughs) Ding-dong ditch is a lot of fun.
3: It's a lot of fun. Uh while we were putting these together, or Henry was, Madeline found some some candy corns, and she goes, "Oh, candy corns! She's eating them." She goes, "Yeah, a lot. Of, most people think these are gross," and my mind exploded. I've never heard of anyone. What do you mean shaking your head? You think they're you're? Oh, you're the. Come on, man. They're
4: disgusting. They
3: they're, shouldn't even qualify as candy. They might be. That if you're doing just seasonal only candy, they're the second best seasonal only candy after only the little hearts. For Valentine's Day, they're both gross. They're amazing.
4: Oh, yeah. my goodness. You, candy you corn? Oh, so good. I would go as a candy corn. I'm like Devontae Adams right now. I don't even know what to say. I mean, I'm at a loss for words. I you're know how to Jimmy fix this. G. You're Jimmy G. It's
3: a holiday, and you're just overthrowing everything the easy targets. You don't like candy You probably ate a candy corn once when you were seven. And never ate it again.
4: Yes, because there's no reason to. It's that you don't disgusting.
3: Know. You don't know what you're talking about. You know what? We should have done a Halloween candy power rankings. We didn't because Tom failed us as a producer. Failed me and he failed you, dear listener. So now we're stuck with NFL power rankings instead because a pretty daddy over here.
2: Some will rise. Others will fall. Let the ranking begin on Writer Than You's NFL Power Rankings. Number five.
3: Dude, I love that uh, imaging. We call imaging the business. That guy's voice is amazing. He says it so seriously. Some will rise. Some will fall. The fate of humanity. Who's number three? It's amazing. All right. I don't know where we are. Whenever we are.
2: Number five,
3: there we go. <laughs> Snickers. Just kidding. We're not doing that. We should. I do like <laughs> Snickers though. Give me the Miami Dolphins here. Give me the Dolphins. John Ramsey back. Nice little, nice little moment in the game. I keep, I keep singing the, I'm singing the same song of Vic Fangio and that defense is going to improve. But in the final equation, I'm not going to sweat one brutal loss they had a couple weekends ago. I still think they're one of the elite teams in football. Obviously, the AFC picture is remarkably crowded and difficult, but it's easy to miss in the excitement of what they do that Tyree Kill is literally, at the moment, he's got to continue it. It's hard to do over the course of stout 17 games, but he's currently having the greatest season in the history of a wide receiver. He is, like He is literally having the best start, you can argue, in the history of that position. They have other weapons. They have other guys. Tua's been awesome. Love me, love me some Miami. And by the way, the only reason these guys are so low is because there's candy corns out there, if you will. There's surprises that are so good it pushes them down. Number four. Give me the Jacksonville Jaguars here, buddy. Give me a little give me a little jacks. The the holder of the longest winning streak in all of football. A resurgent potential top three or four quarterback. In Trevor Lawrence. It takes a while to shake off the, the stigma and the scent and the awfulness of Urban Meyer. But he's doing it under Doug Peterson. They did go to London and win a couple games, and I think Tom that was a bit of a an advantage. We talked about and bet on that team because they are accustomed to playing there and they stayed there. So the second London game was always gonna be the most likely outcome was gonna be a win. But they're just they're playing as good a football as anybody. And again, it is a very crowded picture on that side of the NFL equation. We've been singing that Jag song for a while. I love that football team. I think they're extraordinary. And I think there's a lot of teams that can do it, but they're for me in that, that group of teams that are capable of going to Vegas for the Super Bowl this year. Number three. All right, Tom, this one's for you. Baltimore Ravens. I came around. They're, they're real good. One three in a row outstanding quarterback play. Really, it's not even the quarterback. I mean, Lamar Jackson's been great. The play calling and the offensive coordinator and just what they're doing on offense has been really, really innovative and new for that team. We know the defense can be good. They've won some big games. They kicked the Holy Crap out of a great team a couple weeks ago. The Ravens are for real.
2: Number two. You ready? The
3: Eagles. The Eagles, Tommy. Whoa. Deal with it. Look, I, I, I'm there that they're the best team in the NFC. That is clearly true with the Niners falling out of this list, having lost three in a row, and questions about Brock Purdy. Doesn't mean questions he can't answer, but but questions. The Eagles are the only one lost team that remain. They're 7-1. They have played great football. I just, and again, when you start, it's just like if you talk about the best quarterback of all time. Or you talk about the best basketball player of all time. Or you talk about the best baseball player of all time. You really got to start to get picky to separate them. And I think the Eagles are great, but they're not. Number one. Kansas City Chiefs. I don't care if they lost to Denver. Patrick Mahomes couldn't move. He had the flu. I mean, come on. Can we not be Cavs in the moment? Mahomes shouldn't have played. In effect, Mahomes didn't play. First no touchdown touchdown. Was it, what, two or three interception game of his career? They were trash. They were awful. That's not who the Chiefs are.
4: Plus. Just like, yeah. Can we get Taylor Swift to attend the game? I mean, what's she doing?
3: I mean, she is a busy lady. She just released Taylor's version of 1989. Have you bought Taylor's version of 1989? I have not. Me either. I think my kids did, so I guess I did. Hurt playing the other day.
4: Yeah, you did. Then you did.
3: We're out of time. Honorable mention. Detroit Lions, you did it. Way to go. Uh, let's talk, I want to talk some more Dabo, among other topics around college football, with, with a guy that has the best nickname of anyone I've ever met. Dennis Dodd is not Dennis Dodd at CBS Sports anymore. He's the Dodd father. He's not personal. It's strictly college football business. And it's next here on CBS Sports Radio.